This week, Shawn Michael Noah discusses his trips to Tokyo Disneyland and how it compares to Walt Disney World. Coming up next, from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. is the Diz Unplugged episode 724 for the week of July 22nd, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Jenny Lynn Knopp, sitting in for Pete Warner this week. I'm joined at the table by my very good friends, Julie Martin, Kathy Whirling, Sean Michael Noah, and special guest, Disney artist Kevin John. And then, of course, back in the production nook, we have our associate producers, Craig Williams and Sean Thompson. This week we have a very special segment for you featuring our newest addition, Sean Michael, who has been to Tokyo Disneyland, something not very many of us get to do. And he's going to be sharing with us his experiences there and then how it also compares to Walt Disney World, because those, those are questions that all of us have. You know, is it is it worth the trip out there or is it just a, a carbon copy? But before we get into all of that, why don't you just give us a little bit of a... Um, synopsis of who you are and where you're coming from right. the background that makes perfect sense i mean obviously i can't explain why i know so much about tokyo disneyland or tokyo disney sea which i really love and hope to cover more of in the segment uh, without giving more information about myself my name is sean if you guys already have been watching the show for a bit uh, i also go by mochaccino on the show uh, i have lived in japan for about 11 years so from the age of four to 15 i spent at least one like one trip a year to Tokyo Disneyland or Tokyo Disney Sea and i mean it was almost like tradition it is some, i we do it every year at least once and i i think i remember one time we went three times in the same summer because we had uh, this really good deal now i lived on a military base called Camp Zama Japan and if anyone there knows where that is awesome i am actually wearing a shirt that i i got there it says uh, Japan right here. Uh, I'm, show, I'm just really nerdy right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, and so what we got, there were military discounted tickets through MWR, which is the morale, wellness, and recreation that most of the military bases have. And so we would go on these bus trips all the way down to Tokyo Disneyland, get there really early in the morning, park opening, go there, and then come back really late at night yeah, basically until park closing because it was such a wonderful time. We would always have a great time at both of these places. How far was it from where you lived? Uh, it would be approximately, depending on traffic, because um, driving in Japan versus like taking a train is two totally different things. So uh, you could say it would be about an hour if you had great traffic. I would say maybe more two or three because everyone's heading down over there. Okay. Um, so it really depends on the time of day and when you go. But if you were going to go to either of the parks, I would highly suggest you take the train. Train lines go up and down Japan, uh, interweaving throughout most of the country. So you can get almost anywhere via train ticket. And that's actually how a lot of people um, transport themselves to work or to play anywhere. Uh, they don't own cars. They own bicycles and uh, a thing called a PASMO or a Suica, which are... Um, these two different types of payment methods for the train station. Are these trains as we know trains? Or are they like bullet trains? Bullet train, fancy trains? Like I mean, about on Disney Junior. Train. <laughs> I know. Should you so, right? Is that where you were going with that? That is exactly what was where I was going with that. Is it the bullet train that Genevieve sings about? <laughs> well, they they do have bullet trains, and those are uh, specific rail lines or specific trains. Uh, they, if I mean, I could go hours on, I, I won't on the different train lines in Japan, uh, but. It's very efficient, and it's so efficient that um, I've heard some places, some businesses that are very strict on their timing and policies. If a train is late or if a train is delayed for whatever reason, that they will hand out special tickets notifying the employer that I was late because of the train. Oh, Please wow. do not you know, fire me or whatever, but that's not, that's not usually the case. They're usually very efficient. 
So I would highly suggest if you ever were going to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, I have the name of the station right here. It's the Maihama Station. So if you ever go there, M A I H A M A, that's the train station that you want to stop at to get to either of the parks. Or you could ride a bike. Oh, you could ride a bike. <laughs> Might be a while. I think I want to take the bullet train. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, actually so to drive to have a driver's license in Japan, it costs about two thousand dollars because you are trained to be a good driver. You have yeah. to be a good driver. Um, so it's uh, it's it's very expensive, and usually most families only have one car or not a car at all um, in order to drive. So the train system is definitely one of the best. If you're not going to stay at one of the Disney resorts there, uh, definitely do that. But for me, I had a bus. So thank you, bus drivers, whoever carted me from so early in the morning to so late at night. Actually, I remember having so much fun one day. I would rest my head in the bus and then instantly wake up back on the base because I was just so tired. So thank you, bus driver, for carting me around well obviously you've been to these parks quite a bit this is a very big part of your childhood oh yeah know quite a bit about it so uh why don't you tell us is it i mean probably the pressing question on everyone's mind is it actually a distinct part or is this just a piece of america (laughs) plopped in japan um yes and no uh there's a actually a guy asked me uh last week his name is mike So, hi, Mike, if you're listening. Shout out to you. Uh, He really wanted to know comparisons and contrasts of the two parks of, you know, Magic Kingdom and what they have there. And so, honestly, there's so much little differences. I can't go over all of them without running too late. But I would love to talk about some of the major ones. First things first. uh, Those plastic tickets that we have. Um, uh, you know, they're really nice. They're really colorful, green, with all the Disney characters on it. Like little credit cards. Yeah, little credit cards. And so now what Japan does, they have something very similar. Uh, but what I love about it is that they have, they've only been doing this for the past couple of years. They have these themed tickets based on, like, what season you're in. So, like, they have special design tickets for, like, Halloween parties or, like, if there's a ride opening. Um, they have it printed on the ticket. And I thought, what a great idea. So that way when you go visit, you have this specific memory of that trip to Tokyo Disneyland or Tokyo Disney Sea, And um, that's one of the big things. Uh, you walk into the park and there's no train in front. You know like how we have uh, the railroad that goes right in front and that's kind of like the curtain. So right off the bat, the layout is different. The layout is very different. Um, most of the lands are actually the same. I'll go into that later. But, um, you know, slight differences. But you walk in and there's these flowers and bushes and everything like that. And it's very well, kind of like a, like a garden almost. And you walk up, there's, we were greeted by so many different characters. And that's a great photo opportunity right there. And I don't know, do a lot of characters come out to the front of the park very often no. here? Not no. where you could so touch never, them. No. No? 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 Okay. I mean, like, maybe in the little morning show, you might yeah. see Mickey up above the train station, but not, like, down with the people. To meet with everyone? Not anymore, down with no. Them. Used gotcha. to be. Well, yeah. we would always be greeted by uh, at least one character, if not um, several, that would just walk around signing autographs. And so that's a great opportunity right there. You walk in, and... Our version of Main Street, you know, it's very big and open, lots of air, um, open air, 20th century style. Uh, you kind of get the same feeling and vibe from what they have. Their Main Street USA is not Main Street USA. It's actually called World Bazaar. And what's unique about this street is that it actually has this glass roof over oh, on top. Cool. Um, and, you know, I always loved it whenever it was raining, you know, because, yeah. you know, Japan's got some very temperamental weather. So having that, um, it was very nice to be able to get out of the rain at certain points. Is it a glass dome where you can see the actual sky? Yeah, you can actually look <laughs> like up. Like in the mall. Like, yes. like the sky and the, like the skylights okay. in the mall. <laughs> yes. Wow. I will say I remember it got pretty loud because all the voices and all the sounds would echo off of the mm. roof and come back down. But I mean. So it's like the Truman Show? <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie, and yes, like, I guess if you really want to say it like that. Uh, but that was just for the World Bazaar. Uh, another interesting thing about the World Bazaar is that um, Main Street USA is this long, grand, almost entryway of welcome to the park, uh, you know, starting to get in character, right? You start leaving this world and entering into a new one, um, which is, you know, a great and wonderful idea. This World Bazaar actually has uh, a four-way intersection, 
And you can either go left into Adventureland or you can go right into Tomorrowland. You don't have to go into the center where the castle is in order to go to your whichever land you want to. Um, so that's a very interesting, unique style. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Do you feel like that's a more convenient layout than the one that we have here in the Magic Kingdom, which is more like a, a wheel with spokes? Yes. I actually think it's a great idea. Uh, one, it's, it's easier for traffic flow because some people want to go to one specific spot. So I think it helps alleviate that, especially for me. Because what we would do every time when we went, we would always go to my favorite ride first, Star Tours. That was my absolute favorite ride at Tokyo Disneyland. And so we would get in, go through the middle, you know, if we stopped to say hi to characters or get food or whatever, get souvenirs, uh, go right and head straight to Star Tours. That actually is uh, leads to an interesting segue uh, as far as rides, lands. How are they the same? How are they different? I could definitely. I have a list right here of all the different lands that they actually do have. So, uh, Adventureland, uh, you know, Tomorrowland and um, Fantasyland obviously are there. Um, but what they did is Frontierland. They don't call it Frontierland. It's actually called Westernland. Mm. Yes, so I don't know if that's just a, a choice that the company made uh, to appeal more to Japanese audiences of, you know, Western, yeah. Uh, <laughs> please feel free to laugh, okay? I make a lot of stupid jokes. <laughs> um, and they even have a small corner called Critter Country, which is where Splash Mountain is, and mm-hmm. you can find some very specific restaurants down there themed after um, more critter-like, you know, small possums or stuff like that. Uh, another thing that they, um, they have still over there is Toontown and I'm glad that they still have that because I would be very sad I'm actually kind of disappointed at the circus thing I'm, I'm, I probably shouldn't talk about it but you're I love entitled Toontown. to your opinion I'm entitled okay <laughs> alright I love Toontown that was one of my favorite places to go we would always go there around nighttime, and I remember um, having um, going up on Donald Duck's ship and there was like a little periscope that you could look at mm-hmm. and I would look all the way around um so it's really nostalgic. This whole episode is going to be about nostalgia for me, so bear <laughs> with me here. Uh, I guess um, one of the other things is that a lot of the rides, you know, we have a lot of the same rides um, over here and over there, except for they have kept some of the old ones, like uh, Snow White. Uh, the, I can't remember the name of the Snow White ride. Scary Adventure. Snow White. Uh, Pinocchio. That's still over there. Um, also, things like, for example, Star Tours is over in oh, Tomorrowland. Yeah. Also with Captain EO, which we have here at Epcot, mm-hmm. is actually part of Tomorrowland in Japan. And I remember there used to be like this really nice fountain in front of it that would kind of bring you into the attraction. Uh, also, getting out of Star Tours, it was really... Everything seemed so much bigger over there. And I don't know if it's because I was a kid and that's just what I remember, but everything seemed so grand. Uh, I remember after you get off of the Star Tours ride, you usually have to go up and over on this bridge to get out. And so you would exit over on the other side of the main walkway. And so I just remember having that kind of view from up top is uh, definitely a different perspective that not a lot of people get to have unless they're on one of the rides like, um, wow, Mind uh, mind Train, I guess Mm -hmm. I'll say uh, Big Thunder Mountain, stuff like that. Space Mountain. I know I've talked about it in the past many times. My mom would be like our pseudo fast pass where we would go into Star Tours and then she would wait in line for Space Mountain. And so after we're done with the ride, we just go up. There's actually an escalator that takes you up to the front of Space Mountain. And I thought that was standard. I thought that was normal. So when I came over here, I thought that was really weird <laughs> not having it there. You know, Same thing for Star Tours when I got here because you know, I've, I've only been to Magic Kingdom once. I don't really remember it that much. But when they didn't have Star Tours there, I was like, wait, Hollywood Studios? Why is it in Hollywood Studios? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, you know, here we have the Stitch Ride. We have the Laugh Floor, which are unique to us. They don't have that there. Um, that's something that we can share. And the People Mover, obviously. Carousel of Progress. That's definitely unique. So this is more like Disneyland, where you have, like, Star Tours and... Like here, we have it in separate parks. Right. Over there, it's sort of like Disneyland where it's all in one park. Exactly. If you want to, you can even imagine that Tokyo Disneyland is kind of a convergence of Magic Kingdom and Disneyland in a weird way. Well, one of the biggest things is when you walk into the dead center, Cinderella's Castle is right there. 
So we have Cinderella's Castle. Tokyo Disneyland has Cinderella's Castle. And, um, you know, California, we have Sleeping Beauty's Castle as well, everywhere else. Um, so it sounds like it sounds like Tokyo has a lot of the the main headliner attractions that we have here over mm-hmm. there as well. But what are some of the things that they have that maybe we don't have that are distinct to uh-huh. those parks? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, if you want me to talk about Disney Sea at the same time or at well, if we're going to do that, then how about we talk about what is the distinction between Disneyland Tokyo Disneyland and Disneyland Sea? Uh, di- oh, okay, well, I guess we'll save that part for later. Uh, I'll talk about. Tokyo Disneyland right now, they have an attraction called Monsters, Inc. Ride and Go Seek. Totally unique. Uh, Basically, I was talking to you earlier about this. Mm -hmm. You sit down in this car, and you're traveling around through the story of Monsters, Incorporated, but every person in the car has a flashlight. And you know the blue helmets that the workers wear? Mm -hmm. They're just scattered throughout the ride, and when you point your flashlight on the helmet, it'll light up, and something will happen on the ride. So it's a fun, interactive game. Totally unique. I've never seen something like that before. I'm pretty sure Mike Wazowski gets shocked like three times throughout the ride, so it's really funny. Um, and so that, um, oh, another thing I definitely want to touch on is these rides, even though most of them are going to be in Japanese, you know, a lot of the shows will have um, at least some form of English in there. So the instructions, you know, how here in America we have, you know, please remain seated, uh, you know, por and then, favor. And then por favor, <laughs> mantenga, la, you know. Uh, over there, it would be Japanese first, and then they would switch it to English in the second one. So usually, if you're a foreigner and you, or um, if you speak English and you go to Tokyo Disneyland, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Language barrier is actually not that big of a deal because a lot of the Japanese culture or the people know at least some form of English. Um, so what you're saying is there's still no excuse for not keeping your hands inside the boat. No, absolutely. <laughs> Keep those you should fingers. still be able to understand the warning. Exactly. So do they have a pirate over there. They do. They nice. do. They they do. In fa- um, actually, uh, let's see. Yep. Uh, they still have Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Swiss Family Treehouse. The um, but they do have a Western River Railroad, which is kind of like the railroad that we have over here, but it doesn't go around the park. It okay. just goes around uh, Adventureland around there. And one thing that they do have, another thing that they have different over there is the Enchanted Tiki Room. Completely different, because guess who invaded the Tiki Room? Do tell. Stitch. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, I love Stitch. I personally think he's adorable. He's one of my favorite characters. I love I'm, the movie. I hate the ride. You hate the ride? Attraction? I, I kind of actually miserable. agree with you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But that's okay. Uh, I mean, chili dog smells totally a good idea. <laughs> that was sarcastic. But based on the movie, that fits with the theme, though. You know, the the Hawaiian Polynesian theme of the tiki room with mm-hmm. yeah. Stitch being there. Yeah, I get that. I, I like the traditional, but I get it. Yeah, right. And I mean, that was a recent update. Uh, I guess to include Stitch to get more people to come to the Enchanted Tiki Room. Maybe it wasn't doing so well, so they spice it up. But I I would actually like to see that because I think. I, would, I just love Stitch. I would just see how that would be maybe a little bit more well-received over there, whereas here we all have the sentimental value of the Tiki Room as it is. That wouldn't be the case over mm-hmm. in Japan, so mm-hmm. they have probably a little bit more freedom to do something new. Yeah. But, yeah. And actually, one of the things I forgot to mention earlier is that uh, Disney does not own the land that the park is built on. Hmm. That is from the uh, Oriental Land Company, uh, and that what they do is they have an agreement with Disney to use the images and the rights of the rides and the characters and stuff like that on their property. And in return, uh, there's royalties and benefits that they share together. So it's a really nice, friendly partnership. And in exchange, the Oriental Land Company has almost no budget or unlimited budget, so they can do almost whatever they want with their rides, updates, uh, their shows. So a lot of things are going to look fantastic. Um, you know, over here we might have a, a limited budget. We might not be able to, you know, we have to cut back on certain things. And my friend uh, loves to talk about all the time how Dinosaur uh, ha- had a budget cut. And so there's a lot of portions of the ride where it's just completely dark. Oh. It's because there's nothing there. It's just a horrible so, ride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I love it. I still like the ride. I remember it scared me when I was a kid. But uh, so almost nothing is is skipped. No corners are really cut over in Tokyo Disneyland. And I think that is something that if you are a first timer, you've never been there before. And if you're looking for that excitement, go there because it is 
a new layout. It is the same kind of park, but, but it's different. <laughs> so, I mean, again, similarities, differences, there's just too much and too little, I guess. Similar it's, enough for us to feel familiar and, and comfortable and enjoy it, but distinct enough to make it worth a trip going out. Definitely. You've talked about the differences of the rides, the differences of the layouts. What about the characters? Are they all the American um Disney characters, or do we have some maybe distinct Japanese characters that can be found over there? Well, actually, uh, I will say a lot of the like uh, face characters, like Peter Pan, or uh, stuff like that. You know, most of them are actually American or speak English. Uh, English face characters. Maybe they do a program like we have here, like with Epcot. They come over like for a one-year visa. Yeah. I, I wonder so. if that's what... International like, student yeah. program. Actually, there's a picture of me where I'm... Uh, it's of me and my friend Jennifer at Tokyo Disney Sea. We're with Ariel. She's not Japanese. She's not Japanese. <laughs> she speaks... I don't know if you can see it. There She's it is. She's fish. She is a fish. She swam all the way from Magic Kingdom all the way to Disney <laughs> Sea. So that way she can meet her Japanese friends. And um, I'm I'm pretty sure they all know at least some form of basic Japanese to, in order to uh, communicate. Oh, yeah. um, and so that's all that's all you really need. Mo- again, a lot of Japanese people know um, enough English uh, to be able to talk. And that's one of the things I will encourage that if if you are afraid about the language barrier, don't feel so bad. As long as you have enough of the basics, you can mm-hmm. even just whip out that translation book. As long as you're trying, they will gladly help. Yeah, they love it. If anything. Um, whenever I have, whenever I meet a Japanese guest in the park, and I say something in Japanese, they're always so surprised and excited. Yeah. Uh, so, and they'll probably um, do the same thing for you over there. So that's one of my big things. What about what about the food? Is the is it traditional American theme park food, or is it um, or is it is it Japanese? I will say um, it's a mixture of both. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry for saying that, but there are enough differences for example because japan is an island so fish and seafood are going to be their main deal they do have burgers they do have stuff like that they got plenty of french fries and things um (laughs) that picture okay um there's uh definitely there's actually this one stand that sells a very specific japanese cuisine i can't remember it for the love of me but people would wait hours in this line for this (laughs) one uh this one food i can't remember what it is i wish i remembered it um the dole whip yeah it's it's, it's the dole whip (laughs) of japan Japan. um and stuff oh okay thank you very much for reminding me uh popcorn that's one of the big things of japan or of disney right you walk in you smell that popcorn it takes you to the the cinema kind of movie you're going into another world uh in japan they have different flavored popcorn Mm. for different areas of the park and oh. I actually have a list somewhere like sriracha flavored popcorn sriracha I think there <laughs> maybe it's possible um, I know like there was caramel for one of them black pepper I think was one of them so it's just if you go into the different areas you can find so many different flavors of That's popcorn and it's fun and the souvenir buckets are really nice uh, they're again like they're themed kind of like their park tickets they're themed for a certain occasion stuff like that it's not just like a year round thing uh, they have also, I'm pretty sure they still have it. This deal where if you bring it back, you get a discount, obviously, on the refill. And do we do that here? I never bought one, so I never... I don't buy them either. I buy the paper cups. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, see the, I, see, I see a lot of kids have it, so, I mean, it's selling. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of unique food. And if you go into Disney Sea, especially, uh, I know that there's a lot of really fancy restaurants there that sell totally unique food items there and I wish I had all the information in my head but honestly um, just check out some more of the blogs or if you want to check out the menu items online I could probably try to provide that for you guys later Um, and it's definitely worth if you have been to Disney World a lot you tried everything definitely you know an incentive to go to these new parks. There's something different there for you. There's. What about the technology of the rides? Um, you know, for example, if they have the carousel of progress, just like we do, but because it came so much later, did they take the trouble to change the technology of the ride system? I know you had mentioned something about the Winnie Pooh, Winnie the Pooh ride being a little bit, little bit different. Yes. Is this kind of an underlying theme or? Um, I, I wouldn't say underlying theme because a lot of the rides are kind of, I want to say exact copies or duplicates. Uh, on the inside, um, it really depends. But when Winnie the Pooh first came out, <laughs> it was uh, totally unique because it was trackless. You know, the one that we have here, 
you hop aboard the honeypot and you go around up and down and you're kind of just you and your family but in this one you're with a group of people in your own honeypots and so you're moving around spinning around this trackless ride system uh and that was really insane to be able to to see how fast kind of like how tower of terror you know you're moving forward on this track or um great movie ride you don't have a track but you're spinning around pretty fast not too fast obviously but it's it's just a really good really great uh um difference to the ride that not that many people get to see i remember when tigger's bouncing around on this one segment we all stop and we're staring at this screen that has tigger on it and he's jumping up and down up and down and we're all jumping up and down and i was wondering how are they doing this this is witchcraft i don't understand uh, so I think uh, a lot, some of the rides that I, you know, I haven't been on the Monsters, Inc. ride or, you know, a lot of the stuff is lost in memory, but most of them are the same. Some of them are different. Um, what about the crowd levels? Does it get as bad as it gets here? I want to say no. I want to say that whenever I went, it was a pretty decent amount of people. It wasn't too crowded. I would, I remember at least having breathing room, you know, and now if you come over here, I have to worry about running into some kid or a stroller, uh, someone on an ECV. <laughs> That's another thing I can say. I don't see any ECVs over there. Really? Um, yeah. I, I mean, uh, scoliosis and stuff like that is uh, prominent uh, over there in Japan. If you see a lot of the elderly have, um, you know, they um, have back problems or stuff like that. That is um, almost... I don't want to say stereotypical, but very common. Yeah, you don't see a lot of them on ECVs or, um, you know, you might see some wheelchairs every once in a while. So that is one major difference that I notice is that there's a lot more people up and walking around. Um, a lot of clear pathways. Size-wise, yeah. is it like Magic Kingdom or Disneyland? If we're including both of the parks, I want to... Or, hmm, I'd say it's about the same size. Okay. Maybe a little bit smaller... Uh, but again, I don't know how the outer rings, like, you know, backstage only areas. Yeah. I don't know how much they expand, but I will say. You mean you didn't go on like a hel helicopter tour and get an aerial view? <laughs> I would love that. I would definitely love that. Or if anything, they do, they do have a monorail. Oh. They have a monorail that goes between uh, two of the different resort areas and the two theme parks. So it goes from one of the major ones to Tokyo Disneyland to the six on the corner. There's like six of them off to the side and then goes back around to Tokyo Disney Sea and does the trip all over again. So Disney Sea is fairly close to Disneyland. Oh, they're neighbors. It's like California Adventure and Disneyland. Exactly. Oh, okay. Just okay. like that. They're, they're right next to each other so you don't even have to go very far. <laughs> what about the resorts? Are they, what are the, their names? Do you know and how they're themed? Yeah, I do have, um, I do have, I don't know about all of them unfortunately, but uh, I do have some of the names of the resorts right here, uh, like the Ambassador, which is this uh, art deco luxury with a Disney twist to it. Um, and that one, if I, if I was going to go back there, I would stay at either that one or this other one, which is called uh, Miracosta, which is actually inside Tokyo Disney Sea. Whoa. Oh, cool. They yes. have a resort in the park. That's in cool. In the park, yes. Mm -hmm. So guests can stay overnight at the park and I would either want to do that or the one I mentioned um, yeah. the ambassador it's uh, kind of fancy the only place you can do that here is if you win a night in the in the Cinderella's you need to be a pop star or a celebrity cruise. of some sort to yeah, do that I, I should have been born I should have been Katy, Katy Perry, Perry. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I wanted to ask about shows Oh yes. Like, are they different? They have this, like, you know. Obviously, I'm hoping there are some that are a little more Japanese themed, mm -hmm. and not just like you know the same shows we have here. She wants to like, see some Harajuku girls. Harajuku, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you say that. Uh, close enough. Uh, I yes, uh, a lot of the shows like um, uh, Main Street Electrical Parade, uh, you know, they will have actually specific floats. I remember uh, I was watching a video recently, and they have a genie float that um, Genie would change color and like he would be a dog or be a, like Ooh, another Disney cool. character oh. and stuff like that. And at some point he starts getting his magic mixed up and he starts transforming into all of them at once. And it's just like things that you don't see here, mm -hmm. you know, like just small additions, you know, stuff like that will be scattered throughout the park. Um, specifically Japanese theme shows. Uh, yes, they do have different types of celebrations. Um, to celebrate, you know, summer, uh, New Year's and stuff like that. So um, 
I, rem I mean, I didn't get to see a lot of the shows over there because I was more, as a kid, interested in the rides. Yep. But, you know, I would see the shows. I was, you know, in passing and stuff like that. And I remember this one summer we had a, this beach party that, again, that summer I went three times. I saw that show three times because it's just, uh, it was really fun. And they had these gigantic beach balls that the crowd would play and like toss back around. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, but they do celebrate a lot of the Japanese festivals right. um, over there. And another thing I want to mention is that when you, when the Japanese locals go to Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea, they're not all wearing the same color t-shirts, shorts, oh and you know, <laughs> socks and sandals they're dressed up they're they're i mean if not at least a form of like japanese fancy casual i guess if that is that's the word i'm going to say there's this japanese business casual style. yeah there we go i, I don't want to say business casual but like people show up there in suits you know mm -hmm. it's not a lot oh, because that wouldn't be casual at all no it wouldn't be casual, but there are <laughs> just business yeah but there are a few that they, they're not uh cast members they just show up in these suits and like i uh, i remember um, this guy like sitting next to me. Like a fancy trip? I mean, like almost yeah. like going on a fancy cruise? It's a special mean? occasion. I mean, like not to say that Magic Kingdom isn't a special occasion, but... Uh, it's it, Office Manager Day in Tokyo <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> it's, it focuses more on, um, you know, we have family, right? We That's one of the big things, you know, making magic and memories with the whole family. And over there, it's more of a, I want to say, like a fun dating opportunity, if anything like that. Yes, families go. And it's a special treat. But I, I see a lot of couples there. Um, and I remember uh, there a bunch of schoolgirls, um, you know, in Japan, they have school uniforms, right? They're all uh, the same kind of look. They all have to, you know, wear it the same way. And so you can see a lot of them um, in the park. So they just got off of school and they're spending the day together in the park. Um, I want to say they don't have any of those like really I can't understand why these people buy these Mickey Mouse shirts where he's like really buff on the front I've seen those so many times or like really obscure third party you know almost defaming these Disney characters these beloved icons I don't understand why people do that here but over there if they do wear anything Disney related it's usually very poppy and cultural mm. instead of kind of low taste, I guess is what I want to say. So it's a, it's a more higher taste of quality. If you're going to dress up in the park, um, definitely, if you ever go there, you can, if you want, wear uh, the same color shirt to help identify yourself. So you can say, oh, they're wearing an orange shirt. You know, <laughs> if I lost, you know, if a parent is lost in the park and the kid finds a, a friendly cast member. Actually, that's another thing I would like to talk about. Yes, let's talk about the, the cast members. Uh, I have such a love and distinction for our Japanese cast members. Uh, they're always so friendly, and I, I can't think of a single time where I've been on a ride and not one of them at least waved at me and smiled and said, Itarashai, you know, as I go onto the ride. What would that mean? Oh, it's like a... Uh, like Eating a, outside, I think is what he said. <laughs> Get the heck out of this vehicle. <laughs> no. no, it's like a, kind of like a bon voyage, or like have, you know, have a good journey okay. kind of a thing. Um, and so... Uh, that's another thing. Uh, Japanese culture is that they're very proper. They take all, all of their jobs very seriously. So no job is too little or too big. And I know that we try to have an emphasis that, of that here also at Magic Kingdom, you know, um, trying to, um, like, for example, we have our cast member Hall of Fame and stuff like that. And I want to say that almost every single one of them deserves a spot. I know that's a big statement. That's a very bold statement. Uh, Every time. Go ahead. Um, for us traveling from America, if we were doing this, um, mm -hmm. is there a better time of year to visit there? Um, you know, not American time, but Japanese time? Japanese is it better weather-wise or crowd-wise mm -hmm. or anything like that? Um, I would definitely say uh, avoid the summer. I know that we like to go and a lot of people like to go in the summer. Uh, if anything, the best time for me personally is during the wintertime because Haunted Mansion over in Tokyo Disneyland does this whole refurbishment where they, what they do at Disneyland in California, oh, okay. the Haunted Mansion. Uh, the Nightmare, the Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas overlay. And that's really cool to see. It is really cool. And if uh, being able to, if you don't get that here at Walt Disney World, definitely go over there to see that. I love that. Haunted Mansion, obviously one of everyone's favorite rides. And Nightmare Before Christmas is one of my favorite movies. And so seeing Jack Skellington, Larger Than Life, 
on that ride. And wow, that's amazing. So they celebrate Christmas over there. Are there other like maybe distinct um, Japanese holidays that they, you know, celebrate latch onto? You know, we've got our Halloween over here. Mm-hmm. Are there Japanese holidays that they do events for? Um, I mean, Christmas and Halloween definitely are also celebrated there. What would be the difference between Tokyo Disneyland and Disneyland Sea? Okay, so um, they're right next to each other. Obviously, I already mentioned that before. But one of the things is this is a completely different park. Nowhere else do we have a park like this. It's well-themed, well-designed, and well-funded. And it shows. What is the theme? See, so I guess. a photo behind you of yes. Disney Sea. Yeah, so that's one of the segments of, um, you know, Ariel has her own, like, area in this uh, King Triton's, basically, oh. uh, his, the kingdom. And so this is actually the the edifice for what's inside. Cool. And inside, it's like a like an indoor theme park. It's a lot more of like the kid rides and stuff like that. I think we have a picture of it somewhere, but like like teacups kind of ish mm-hmm. rides where the things spin around and you float up and down in this wonderful kind of sea under the sea world. Um, because Disney Sea is nautical themed. Love so, it. And yet it's not a water park. It's not a water park. No, not at all. It's but a waterless water park. Hey, wa- well, I mean, they, they have like misters and stuff like that. So there's water. There's plenty of water. Oh, But not what you think of like not water attractions. Right. Don't You're swim not, in it. It's not Typhoon way. Lagoon. No. <laughs> Please avoid all, oh, no. <laughs> all natural and man-made bodies of water. All natural and man-made. Um, actually, so when you go into Disney Sea, uh, once you go in there, there's um, this first um, port. Uh, is actually called the Mediter- Mediterranean Harbor, and it's this huge circle. And actually, they do a lot of their uh, shows in that harbor. So you know how we have illuminations at night where all the you know the, the the globe comes out, and we do all that stuff. They actually have boats and all these different uh, props floating in the water. And I know like a lot of the boats will come around splashing people. So I guess yeah, kind of a little bit like that. But like they have a summer water festival or summer fun festival where they the characters come off of the boats and they'll go up to you and they've got like little water guns and start spraying everyone. It's a really fun time. They got buckets to splash. Um, Are they Japanese characters or they're Disney characters? Well, Disney characters. So Mickey Mouse, okay. who also now speaks Japanese, oh, cool. uh, will come off of the boat. And actually, that's another thing is that, um, you know, all, all these characters are going to speak Japanese. Um, but actually, a lot of the music that you hear in the background will be sung in English. So that's kind of fun. The music is very catchy. Um, but, you know, if Mickey Mouse, you know, is trying to tell everyone, like, hey, everybody, he's going to say it in Japanese um, because he's got a Japanese audience. Uh, I'm, I'm skipping ahead because we don't have a lot of time, but they have Fantasmic at Tokyo Disney Sea. And even though Fantasmic is one of my favorite shows, I grew up with it, you know, in California when I went to Disneyland and over here, you know, the show is great. But over there, it is phenomenal. They have so much more pyrotechnics. They have mm. all these fun little things um, where Mickey Mouse is standing on this tower in the middle of, uh, of the harbor, and there's things going off, music everywhere. Um, it's a, definitely, a, I want to say, a higher quality show. Not to say that I don't love this one, because right, I love ours, right. but that one just takes the cake. Um, and I'm going to go this, through this really quickly. The other harbors, um, the American Waterfront, where you can find the Tower of Terror, which is actually very unique because our Tower of Terror is themed after the Twilight Zone, right, with Rod, and he's talking about um, going up and down on a, or the, you know, 1939, amid the glitz and the glitter of a young, bustling young Hollywood talent. Um, there's, the story is way different. What happens is that this guy, Mr. Hightower, who actually owns the, the hotel, um, he's like a big-time game hunter, and he goes throughout all the world collecting di- different icons and things like that. And he stole this particular icon, uh, this one icon, which is like this tiki statue. And um, what happened is that he defaced it, or he did something very bad to it. Like I think he put a cigar in it, talking about how he doesn't believe in the curse, because curses aren't real. And so when he got onto the elevator, the elevator went all the way up, Tiki curse activated and the elevator goes all the way down crashing and I think I have a picture actually of the elevator um, it's really well designed I think I have this really nice creek almost um, totally ripped off the Brady Bunch yeah <laughs> <laughs> the tiki. 
you know, come on. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but when the elevator was, you know, when they opened up the elevator that was completely destroyed, Mr. Hightower was gone, disappeared. We don't know where. I would like to say huh. the Twilight Zone. Uh, but they did find the tiki statue. And so you walk in, and the the Japanese hostess is talking about the ride in Japanese. So if you don't know, sorry. But it's very, it, they convey it pretty well. Conveyance is a pretty common thing in any of the rides that you have. Um, you know, even if you don't know exactly what they're saying, how they articulate it, how they're feeling is going to convey very well. Especially for kids, you know, they're just going to eat it up no matter what. Um, and so the tiki statue comes alive and you go onto the elevator and it takes you on the Tower of Terror journey. And so that's, um, I thought that was kind of unique. And if you are a Tower of Terror fan, you know, um, definitely check that out. Um, that's one of the big things I love about that. Also, there's a ship called the SS Columbia, which is housed right next to uh, Tower of Terror. And you go in, there's actually a restaurant, and it's also the backdrop for a bunch of stage shows that they have right there next to the ship. It's a very iconic part of the park. And Turtle Talk, which you have over at Epcot, is actually located here mm-hmm. uh, in the ship. And so it might not necessarily be a, you know, a, a fun time if, you're, if you only speak English because a lot of the jokes are going to be in Japanese. <laughs> but I'm sure that's not going to take it out of the fun. You know, if you go there and, I mean, if you want to come up there, I'm sure they would have a good time talking with uh, American or English guests. Making so fun of us. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, they're very friendly. They'd be very polite. Uh, and then the next one, uh, I would like uh, the Lost River Delta. That's where the Indiana Jones ride is. And so um, my mom swears that it's so much more tame than the ones that we have like in California. Yeah, uh, I didn't really enjoy it. It's a little did. too... Like jerky. It's too jerky for yeah. you. Okay, then I think you, then this one would be perfect for you. <laughs> um, it's a. She says it's a way smoother and less scary than the one in California. So if you do have kids that are afraid or too timid, maybe you could tell them what I just said, and they might be more willing to go on the ride. I know that they have some videos of like, um, kind of. I want to say. He looks like a Wookiee to me, but this giant monkey crawling around on the the outer of like this gigantic this thing right here, or maybe not this one, um, but on like the the show building stuff like that. So that's such as another layer of hmm. of Disney, you know, bringing you into this world of you're in this other part of the country of South or South America. Um, and then the next one I'm going to talk about is the Arabian Coast, and that it has a also a very unique ride. Um, the Adventures of Sinbad, which is kind of like, mm. it's a small world for us. You know, it's a boat ride and stuff like that, but it's got a totally unique story that tells about the adventures of Sinbad from 101 or 1001 Arabian Nights. Um, that sounds also, awesome, actually. Yeah. It is really awesome. It's very well done. And a bunch of hidden Mickeys. That's another thing I want to talk about. Hidden Mickeys galore all over this park. Wow. So if you are one of those uh, guests that has a yellow handbook, <laughs> I see them all the time. Um, definitely, you know, it's it's quite an adventure to be able to run around and try to find those things over you, there. You keep mentioning ships. Is that the equivalent of a land? In that you're saying there's a different ship here and a different ship there? Um, no, they don't have different ships. There's the SS Columbia, which is just like a part of the American... He's been saying port. Port, yeah, the port. different ports. <laughs> ports, port. ports of port call. Ships. The Whatever. ports of call. I, and I just need to come back to Either that. one, it's okay. But they do have, because it is nautical themed, so they do have a bunch of ships. And it's very... Uh, Wonderfully, again, I keep talking about budget and and theming, but it's so amazing what they did with this park. Uh, the the mountain. I'm just going to skip ahead to the this mountain that's part of the ride called Journey to the Center of the Earth, mm-hmm. and it is one of my favorites because you go on it. It's not very long. You go around and you're digging through this tunnel and you're just exploring. You see all these very unique, wonderful creatures. You know the AA or animatronics that we're talking about, but these wonderful little things. And then you go deeper and deeper into the center of the earth until you discover, I'm not going to say it because it's my favorite part and I want you guys to be surprised, <laughs> but this really awesome animatronic and it is one of my favorites and it jets you out to the side, but this mountain. Is it Brendan Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> it, because uh, please go ahead and spoil that for me. <laughs> it's not Brendan Fraser? No, it's not Brendan. Does his guys blow off? <laughs> no, it's, but it's big and it's ginormous. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I love it. No, it's, uh, kid, I will say it might be a little bit scary for kids, but it's just wonderful. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and it jets you out and you can see um, a bit of the park, but you're going way too fast to really see it. But you can see outside, you know, 
outside of the ride, these things just jetting down from the top of the volcano. Uh, this volcano is rock. It is solid rock. It is not plaster. It is not. It's a real plastic. rock. So they it's took something that was existing and rock. and built well, the they, ride around it. Yeah, they it. built it. Yes. Well, then it wasn't existing. They just they built this mountain with real rock. With okay. real rock. Gotcha. Um, so it's every like honestly, I can't explain. I can't express Holy how much cow, I love this park. That's impressive. You're not the only person I know that's been there. I have a girlfriend who's been several times over yeah. the last like five years. She had a brother stationed at um, one of those. Uh, I don't know whether Atsugi, he's army or whatever. So um, I could just name them all. So she's been several times, and she raves about Disney Sea. She likes mm-hmm. Tokyo, Tokyo Disneyland, but Disney Sea, she talks about nonstop, and her photos are incredible. They are. They're wonderful. I'm glad that your friend got to go. She should bring you next time. Why not? Uh, well, right. The, the level of ornate detail is what captures me when I look at the photos of any of this park at all. Yeah. It's just it. It looks like um, like a little bit of. It's just so ornate. It looks uh, like like HD Wells, you know. Yeah, they yeah. did a really great mm-hmm. job. Um, th- this is actually kind of sort of themed after. Um, they have um, another ride called. Um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, right? Based off of the Jules Verne. Please tell Verne. me you don't ride a submarine. You do. Oh, no, I you don't like those. You don't? No sardine cans. Mm-mm, I oh. rode on Nemo. No, I wanted to, like, scratch uh, my way out. It was horrible. Really? Okay, well, then. <laughs> Very claustrophobic, yeah. It's one of my favorite rides. <laughs> if you're I was like sad when it left the Magic Kingdom. I mean, not Nemo, but 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh. Yeah, and so this one, it, it, I don't know if the story was different, um, but, you know, you go in and you're traveling underneath the waters, and you get to see some very bizarre, strange creatures. I won't say mermaids or mermaids, but they very creepy. <laughs> Saw his face. Yeah. I know. <laughs> what? Uh, but no, it's 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 a more of a. I want to say a scarier ride, especially like the you know the Finding Seas with Nemo, the, mm-hmm. or the one that they have at California where you're in the yellow submarine. Yeah. You know, it's kind of more friendly. You see Darla. That's the one I was afraid of. That's the one you're afraid of. Okay. All right. So here's a question um, before we before we wrap this up. If we're somebody's going to be planning a trip out there to see the Disney parks in Japan, about how many days do you need to see these parks? Are they two day parks? One day parks. Um, I know we're, they're right next to each other, apparently, mm-hmm. like California Adventure and Disneyland. But the size of these parks, what amount of time is required to fully see each one? Okay, I can definitely say, just from my personal experience, you only need one day for each park. Hmm. Um, you know, they do offer, I'm pretty sure, three day passes and stuff like that. Um, if you want to, go for it. You know, if you didn't have enough time to visit all that you wanted in one park and then you want to go back and try to see if you can catch it again do that but honestly one day per park is all you need um i would definitely spend one day at tokyo disneyland watching the shows going on rides just just to see if they are different or not um different quality uh, enjoy that food the atmosphere so because i it's super nostalgic for me i really wish i can go back right now um, we need to send this about back. <laughs> and then, um, and then Disney Sea. You know that is, if anything, spend two days there mm. because it's so wonderful and big, unique, and very unique. That's the thing is that you're gonna love that park. I can guarantee it. If you go there, you're gonna just wish that you never leave. Especially if you want to stay at the Miracosta and spend one night in the park, and then just go back out and do what you want. But are you allowed to roam around like at 3 a.m.? No, I don't think yeah, you are. No, you're think so. confined within the hotel. <laughs> okay. But I mean, you can still see the volcano. You can still see everything, if, depending on where your room is. So just having that backdrop to be able to to do that, I think, is w- worth the experience. And okay. I kind of want to do that. Um, yeah, the shows, the cast members. And I want to say one more thing before we wrap this up. Sure. Uh, I've been, because I've been. YouTubing a lot of these things, and I've been feeling so nostalgic of what I've been missing out on. There's this one custodial cast member, or Mr. Cast member, uh, that uh, he goes around on in this um, with his trash can and stuff like that, but he doesn't talk. And what he does is that he interacts with guests by playing these weird these sound effects with them. And uh, if you want to look it up, it's um, I think Mr. Cast member or Hashimoto is one of their names. H A S H I M O T O. Um, if you want to YouTube that, he just does all these weird, wacky, fun things. And a lot of them, I know it's other cast members that do it too, but he's the one I've been kind of following. There you go, you got one more fan. Um, and he that kind of stuff, you know, we have that here, especially like at Hollywood Studios, I notice it a lot where we have, you know, all the people coming out and they're themed after this era. And I had one guy come up to me and say that I look like Clay Aiken. <laughs> 
because he kept referencing like, hey, I voted for you, you know, in that second season. And I knew because I watched that season that he's talking thank about you. Clay Aiken. So thank, thank you. <laughs> I guess I look like Clay Aiken. So thank you if you're watching. Um, and so, but a sense of humor there. You know, a lot of these shows, you know, will pertain to kids and adults alike. But any of these one-on-one interactions are going to be very Japanese comedy, um, kind of slapstick-ish. Um, you know, if he'll guest interaction, they'll he'll invite guests up to to do certain acts. Like he gave this kid the feather duster, and he would feather dust the thing. And the sound effect will play with, a and you just sit there and watch and clap. Um, everyone else is laughing. Um, this old uh, this uh, older lady came down, and he would make him do like certain poses to start the sound effects, and. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know if American guests would do that, if that kind of guest interaction, you know, because when Mickey Mouse here at Magic Kingdom says, dreams come true, dreams come true, who actually says dreams come true? I do. I do. I do. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't see other people doing but it, But I also though. have children, so, you know, like, I encourage them to You're trying to rally to them, them yeah. right? Right. Uh, I want to say that, um, especially the kids, uh, it's a lot of the culture. You know, they have Japanese superheroes in these shows. Often, I'm just talking about this now where um, they would ask the kids to chant for their superhero to, you know, send them out or to give them a power boost to defeat the enemy and stuff like that. So that's very common, and it's almost expected. So if you go to these shows, audience participation is a huge thing, and you're going to hear a lot of kids screaming back and yelling, things like that. Wow. So it's definitely fun. And and we can, you said we can YouTube some of this. Mr. What is it again? Uh, Hashimoto? Hashimoto, if you want. Or Mr. Cast Member. Mr. Cast Member. Or Tokyo Disney Sea Custodial. Uh, if you look up those key phrases. Um, or the guy from Police Academy. Yeah. <laughs> what he's doing now. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, that's what happened to him. I remember. Because uh, he, he does this whole bit about like how he's trying to not be the focus of attention. So he just wants to do his cleaning duties. And then people keep following him around because yeah. they know he's going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he has some really cool magic tricks. I know he does that. Like, um, That's fun. He'll go up and he'll start wiping down on one of the railings and stuff like that and then he'll move the cloth up and he's wiping just the air and people you know the Japanese guests are oh you're gonna hear that a lot yeah, that wiping the air trick gets me every time <laughs> <laughs> or like he'll he'll be wiping like one of the the poles like just like this light post and then it'll stay there he'll keep his hands off it to go take care of something really quickly and the guests are just so amazed it's magic and I love it well, and so we all have a little bit of homework from this week's show. We can go to YouTube and look up some of that. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences with no Tokyo so we can compare it to what we have here. Mm-hmm. Definitely sounds like a, a vacation worthwhile if we're able to get there. Definitely worthwhile if you can. Um, and not only Disney Sea, if you want to go explore Tokyo, it's a wonderful place, wonderful country with great culture, uh, super wonderful people. So please do. If you ever get the chance, jump on it. All right. Well, that's going to do it this week for our show. We hope that you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And please remember, for your own personal safety, please avoid all natural bodies of water. Bye.